0: Hello and welcome to I Have Opinions with me Malhar and I'm Asam where we talk about our opinions, some popular and some not so popular, on pop culture phenomena and today we are going to talk about, drum roll please, the Spider-Man movies. Yes, all the Spider-Man movies that have been produced since the year 2002, how they have changed us and how we have changed them in the last 18 or so years. Let me start off by asking you Assam, rank all 8 Spider-Man movies, go
1: eight Spider-Man movies. I mean, let me wait. This is, this is a tough one because uh, wait, because it's, it's not that easy right now because h one was a timeless piece for us that we grew up to. Like, I still love Tobey Maguire's as Spider-Man, which is, it is equivalent to having pineapple on pizza now, but uh, okay, but well, let me try. Um, I do love Homecoming. That's my first followed by uh, Spider-Man 2, then Far From Home, then Spider-Man 1, the OG, Mm -hmm. then Spider-Man 3, then comes Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, followed by the Amazing Spider-Man, that's my last one. I think that's all there is, right? there is uh dude
0: we are forgetting spider-man into the spider-verse how can we forget that that's like the greatest movie ever made and no surprise that's my number one um but yeah after that things get very tricky for me personally i'm not a fan of the and this is my first not so popular opinion i'm not a big fan of the marvel movies so for me it's uh spider-man 2 uh, One, Homecoming um then spider-man 3 then far from home and then amazing spider-man 1 and then 2 i really didn't like amazing spider-man 2 like at all
1: yeah you didn't like spider-man 2 i mean i i mean compared to the other two i felt that was a little better because i mean as with origin stories go i think that was the worst origin story ever done i think mm-hmm. introduction to peter parker to introduction to uh the whole world that they lived in, they're very, I mean, like if you recall them web shooting and him swinging, it would get you nauseous. I don't know how it was in theaters, but I remember watching it on TV and just the idea of them having a fr- first person web swinging thing <laughs> it was, not, it was not good for the head and the stomach. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just, that was one of my, I think that was the worst for me. And, uh, I, I can totally you see to your point.
0: Shooting. Yeah, I agree. I think Andrew Garfield was not a good Spider Man. He was just so cool. Like, I'm sorry, Peter Parker does not skate. That's not something that he does.
1: No, uh, I mean, even if he did, like, I mean, I'll grant it, benefit of doubt, let him, let him skate. But he was just so cool. I mean, like, everything about him was cool. Like, his wardrobe, the his, his mannerisms, nothing made you feel like cringe or like you mm-hmm. eye roll, you know? It almost like, yeah, I know. I, that was like, I approve of this. Everything he did, like from how he handled the bully to how he talked to girls. Uh, yeah, everything was just so cool about him. And it was like, like had that charm. I mean, I think his charm was downfall. I mean, like he has that natural charisma. Like Toby yeah. McGuire, no matter what you put him in, he does look like a sad boy at the end of it. Peter's persona through and through. He's, Peter is like the OG sad boy. Throughout, no matter what happens, he's always having that that badge on him, you know? And Tom Holland kind of gets that, he gets the nervous energy. I think it translates okay. from him being a blabbermouth and like just spoiling every movie that was coming out from the Marvel franchise to that's that's him. It's that's who he is, and that's what translates as a character as well on screen when he plays Spider-Man. So I think it fits app. The casting is done well there. I mean, uh
0: as as i was saying amazing the spider-man into the spider-verse was basically the best movie and as far as spider-man being cool goes i feel like the only spider-man who has the right to be cool is probably miles peter parker kind of has to be inherently awkward right even even in the even even in spider-verse he was the awkward spider-man of the entire bunch and um, i do feel that uh, Peter Parker has to be uh, awkward because that's what gives him his relatability. I think the best part about uh, Spider-Man and the character and uh, has been, I mean, let's be honest, it's such an uh, absurd
1: concept. To be very honest, if you say it out loud or you put it on paper and you submit it, it is more likely, you've seen those horror movies where things like, the creepy crawlies, you turn into a creepy crawly by some mutant infection. There's so many movies like The Fly is one classic example where the guy turns into a fly eventually. That's the kind of gross factor. It is the spider power. And no no one's a big fan of spiders. I mean, you see and memes, pop culture, no one's a big fan of spiders.
0: And that brings me to our very first I Have an Opinion segment. Uh, this is a segment that has been dis- you know specifically designed for this podcast where we share our most unpopular opinion that we we think is the most unpopular opinion and i think they should bring the man spider concept to the movies i think i think it's it's high time that we get the gross that story where basically his entire body mutates and he has like eight appendages and it's disgusting and you know his his entire body is turning into a, a spider like like they did in metamorphosis kafka's metamorphosis i mean yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean you can't see my face right now, but it is a, it is it is a utter disgust to like even present. So I'm I'm actually weighing in that uh, opinion right now. So the storyline of the man spider was done in the Amazing Spider-Man animated series, the first one, hmm. Hmm. and it was done very well. And but the thing is, it kind of worked with the animation. With with the whole uh, you know like the whole drawing animated style, plus the tone of that show, wherein hmm. it was something plausible for the for the body morphing horror to play out effectively, because it had that good uh, that tone to pull it off. Right now, I do not think Tom Holland's Spider Man should uh, fall into that storyline because. It's going to be weird. I don't think <laughs> CGI is great enough to pull that off and make it look decent enough, or even have Tom Holland go through that bizarre storyline. He's not ready for that. He's not. He's, the tone of the sh- of his movies aren't there yet to pull off that with class or like you know effectively. Yeah, it's just going to yeah, weird yeah. people out. It's going to weird new Spider-Man fans. It's going to weird out a lot of people. I mean, the OG fans might be like, hey, good enough, but like they themselves are going to find a very a tonal inconsistency here because right now, the Spider Man we have here is just still fresh off the boat, eager to learn, bumbling, and like yeah. still going out. I mean, like he still doesn't have bigger things about, okay, muti- uh, how, am I a mutant or not? Am I what's happening to my body and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they haven't even addressed puberty and towards Tom Holland's thing. of it.
0: I would disagree with you, but you know that's the whole point of the podcast. But that brings me, you know, to the larger point. Uh, you ref- just now you referenced the 90, uh, 1990, uh, I mean, the Spider-Man animated series, and Spider-Man has been a hero that has just lasted for so long. And why do you think that is? I feel like it's because of the struggles. Uh, Spider-Man as a superhero. I feel, you know, has been consistently, and uh, a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, socialist. Uh, The entire idea, like, you know, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, is to its uh, core a leftist idea. And uh, like, even when in the movies and in the show, when Spider-Man tries to be uh, a self-serving capitalist, when he becomes a wrestler and does all that stuff it doesn't work out for him. He, is, he literally loses his uncle when he tries to be a selfish person who uses his ability for, you know, uh, for self-interest and, you know, superficial gain. And, uh, but in the new movies, especially in the Marvel movies, you don't see that happen, you know? Like, uh, you see Spider-Man, based at the, I mean, at this point, uh, Peter Parker is basically uh, Tony Stark's son, I feel you know and you see him use the gadgets and all of those powers for his own interest and he doesn't have to pay, suffer any consequences for it in any way you know and i feel like it's taking away from the essence of the character what makes him relatable is that he struggles he has these amazing powers and for so many years he's stuck in dead end jobs he, you know in the spider man game uh, he chooses to work with he has a job of with oscorp but he chooses to work with Doc Ock because he knows that that research is what is going to save the world. And you just don't see that in the movies, you know? You see him just be this self-serving sort of character and it doesn't, you know, I think it takes away from
1: his essence. What do you feel about that? Um, so, that's the other thing. That's what, that's what I would like to say. Like, you mentioned that Spider-Man here is, it's, it's almost timeless. But what we have to note is that every generation has its own version that hmm. they uh what as they what do you say that they connect to from the 90s uh gritty and uh like almost from punk to like you know like little hardcore spidey that was the animated show to toby gagua's uh early 2000s uh you know like like you know like goofy but also hilarious that was like the first attempt of the superhero movie so they had to be like family friendly plus also like nothing nothing too edgy nothing too like drastic but also start witty then we had every generation spider-man is defining the audience with you know it it goes like what, whoever like if you pick any of the spider-man whoever whatever person picks as a spider-man they resonate with that spider-man the idea the band behind the mask uh and the person who plays the man, yeah, the mask, yeah, yeah, uh, that caricature, that caricature, that persona, a lot of generations resonate and grow up to, and mm-hmm. there is no denying it's shaped them to a certain way. And so, right now, to say that oh, the original Spider-Man isn't as socialist as the one now, it's it is not in our hands to go with it. I mean, the the, the generation now decides what struggles are yeah i mean back in when comics yeah. did come out political and social uh, socio economic stances were uh, very profound so you see even comic books played out and yeah. uh, if you see early a lot of uh, a lot of the early artists put themselves into the work so if you see comic books if you see earlier like superman the creators of Superman were journalists themselves that's why they just made yeah. Clark and a journalist yeah. too similarly like the the comic artists themselves were just you know trying their luck to make something big make something everlasting and they were the underdogs they saw themselves as the underdogs and that's what they put into the characters that's why spider-man is almost the ultimate underdog over time it is the the idea spider-man has grown so big that's why you see even now tom holland's uh, introduction to Spider-Man, they didn't do the origin uh, story because it's like we have done that story, we have done that tale, let's move on, let's why bring, like Batman constantly does it and that's I think one of the uh, dampening moments of hits, uh, the movie series, like no matter where, any Batman movie, you have to place the dead parents and the orphan kids. And the struggles of Peter Parker right now is completely different than something that maybe even like older folk like us maybe cannot really like get it. because the struggles you see peter parker go through school are completely different like the bully is no longer someone who beats up a person but rather uses words mm-hmm. and his clout and his social status to undermine peter on every turn and Peter's struggles is more with commitments to uh groups or peers that is from the avengers to stark to his uh, Aunt May, to his friends. There's always something, this juggling of commitments and making time for peers because that's what kids right now, or that's what teen, or that's what anyone right now is struggling with. Maybe simple time management to, uh, you know, like uh, trying to like balance things out properly, trying to find themselves because, and trying to be more than what they are. You, you got to yeah. keep in mind that these are just two movies uh, who were trying to establish Peter Parker as a character, as a neighborhood Spider-Man, which no other movies made Spider-Man as the neighborhood Spider-Man, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, unlike Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And his giving nature there is just that he yearns for something big, which is something which any idealistic teen would want to go through. Whereas the other movies, they did have other uh, lenses that they were coming from. But this is solely on the eyes of what the kids are going to go through. I think that's my opinion. Okay. But uh, I think,
0: I, I, would, I, I would be of the opinion that the origin story is important because the origin story establishes the kind of superhero Spider-Man is, you know. Like you said, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but I feel that in the new movies, they have gone, they have deviated from that too much. They have moved towards a place where he's, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in his behavior and his, in his behavior only. You know, the challenges that he's facing and the peop, uh, the villains that he's fighting are much larger. And I feel like I am not, you know, for me, the relatability to a character comes from their struggles. As much as everybody hates the second Iron Man movie, and we will talk about the Iron Man movies in a future episode someday, I hope. Uh, I liked the alcoholism angle that they went for in the second movie and uh, the third Iron Man movie, they moved for uh, that anxiety attacks and PTSD angle, which really resonated with me because it made the character relatable in his struggles, which is something that is really, really not present in new Spider-Man movies. However, it isn't present in the the original three Spider-Man movies directed by Sam Raimi because you see him fight his boss. You see him fight his landlord. You see him fight Uh, losing his girlfriend I mean oh my god the amount of times Peter has screwed up royally and lost Mary Jane is just annoying because god can he get a break and that's what our lives feel like to us right our lives feel like oh shit I'm just not getting a break ever and I really want a break but I'm never gonna get it and I think Spider-Man becomes a refuge of sorts because we see him we see him and we feel like okay I'm not getting a break but he's not getting a break either. And that makes me feel like I can get through this. I can get through my life. I can get through the struggles, which I do feel is not present in the new, uh, new movies. And I guess the setting kind of makes a difference there because since it's set in, the high sc- in a high school, we don't see ourselves there because we are just so much older. And maybe it's a different audience. Maybe they're trying to go for a different place. But I feel like, and this is something that plagues the nerd community a lot, the man-child problem. Is is there, and I think our problems kind of need to grow. Our superheroes need to grow with our problems because I think that's how we will grow and become functioning human beings too, to a certain extent.
1: I mean, see, that's the thing. Like, you want your characters to be timeless, yet you want them to also grow and go beyond. It's a very difficult thing. That's why comic hmm. book deaths are never permanent. Yeah, prominent. yeah. They're never yeah. permanent because you can't. When you, when you think of killing off one of these big names. In order to get a new name, it's almost impossible. No one wants to let something so good go, neither the audience nor the corporations nor the author themselves. That's oh, why yeah. even Sherlock Holmes could never kill it. I mean, like, author Conan Doyle could never kill Sherlock Holmes off, despite his, like, his, you know, despite his ardent efforts here. Hmm. And it's coming back to the, the whole challenges. Honestly, it's the nuances of challenges. I really want to like explore this right now because, like, you say, you when you talk about. Toby Maguire Spider-Man and what he's going through, he's it is more of in line to what the economic situation also was present at <laughs> that time. So if you remember George Bush's time, the whole economic recession was playing out then. We have other things coming out of that point. You know, like there was an economic stratification where the people who couldn't make it and the people who are struggling to make it, and people who have already made it and they already had it. And then no one could break their barriers. But here the nuances are far different it's more of a social acceptance Hmm. Uh, if you remember Peter Parker gets the taste of being an adventurer from civil war but then after that he's completely cut off think of every person every kid invited to a party invited to a slum party whatever sleepover and then suddenly they get ghosted the very idea the, the being ghosted is such a New uh, new age nuance. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. Prevalent in, back in back in Toby McGuire's time, I mean, like the amount of use for cell phones, and everything was very limited. But now, being ghosted is such a relatable term, and that's what happened. So imagine, like, your idol, your mentor starts ghosting you. He was used and throw at that point. If you think, I mean, Tony Stark mm. was not being very open about it. He was basically playing out the same dad issues that he faced in a similar manner. And yeah. But yeah. that's one thing you got to understand. Like that was his challenge also. Like if you remember the scene in Tom Holland when he goes to the party, also the reason he goes is only because he mentions that, "Oh, I'm friends with Spider-Man," and he wasn't yeah. even invited. Or yeah. so this is all about him being accepted, and you know, trying to get acceptance from some space of being of peers that he look up, looks up to or wants to belong. Hmm. And the antithesis was the vulture. Now the vulture was someone who, if you want to, like, see socialist by nature. I mean, basically, <laughs> he was the the common man who got screwed over by the big machine, yeah. and he wants to fight yeah. back. And but he resorts to like uh, stealing, and he resorts to basically his. Even if you look at it, it's almost like the whole Robin Hood scenario, unless you start seeing him dealing with weapons from mm-hmm. other the criminal underworld. That was the only like, you know, little black smudge, the the, the little black taint on him. But yeah. Spider-Man honestly sees himself there. That scene where he's sitting in the car is very profound when he gets both of them are looking at each other because it's a lot of things are playing out there. A, they realize who each other are, two, hmm. they realize how hmm. unbelievable it is that such an ordinary person could turn out to become to go on such a path. Like hmm. Vulture hmm. could not imagine a kid becoming Spider-Man, and Spider-Man could not imagine the girls the girl the girl the girl he likes his dad who's so kind and nice and hardworking, turns out to be a villain yeah and it could just yeah. be anything And those are circumstances playing out it's just how they respond to uh the what do you say tragedy or you know like bad times or how you know like things that go bad and spider-man could easily as uh, spider-man could always put his foot down and be like screw you i'm gonna like end you and be like, I'm on Team Tony kind of thing, or Team Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was also considering, he always was trying to resolve situations where nobody got hurt, no one died. Uh, they are, that, that's what happens and plays out in this part of I feel, you know, uh, I'll, I, I
0: just want to make a point about your, uh, what I actually agreed with there a lot. The power dynamic today, to a certain extent, I feel people think is social, you know? Um but it is not, uh, and it's not economic anymore, like the way it was in the, in the, in the earlier Spider-Man movies. Like, you know, Oscorp and uh, Norman Osborn pushes his experiment further than it is ready to be pushed because he is under pressure from the military who have given him so much money. And uh, uh, Spider-Man lets uh, J. Jonah Jameson use his images out of context. And to a certain extent, he helps the paper malign himself because he needs the money that badly, you know? And I think the power dynamic today has changed, but it hasn't, right? Which is where I feel Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse walks that line beautifully because you have a black protagonist who comes from a poorer neighborhood and who has to walk that fine line because he has only gotten into the school because he quote-unquote won a lottery to get into that school. So, and Miles Morales as a character has never been one that has cared about his studies too much. He's always been the kind of character who's, you know, I'm smart, but you know what? I'm going to coast by because that's just who I am because that's the character that they created, which incidentally makes it very relatable to me personally. But I feel that they have walked that line perfectly because he is vying for social acceptance, but he still has economic issues. He still has to deal with the fact that he's black. He has to deal with the fact that his uncle, who was killed by the Kingpin, only works for Kingpin because obviously there is some economic uh, inequality there. There is a power dynamic that Kingpin might have You know, done something that makes Uncle Aaron owe him that much uh, service. And uh, I feel like in Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse really does that well. And I think that is uh, one of its strengths. Uh, as for so uh, media, I want to ask you this because you are a student who has studied that uh, realm of things. Uh, can you tell me? Uh, do you think the um, Spider-Man movies are anti-media? The way they have J Jonah Jameson, the way they portray uh, photography and everything, even or or even you said the TV thing in the new Spider-Man movies. Do you think they're
1: anti-media? um spider-man being anti-media i don't know if it's anti-media but it is a commentary on what journalism hmm. is or where it was heading down uh it never was so the thing is uh despite when when you're still when it's shown institution or established institution there normally it is if you if you are anti eventually at the by the end of whatever the three hour movie or the arc there's some drastic change to it. Either there's a transformation to it or a destruction of it, hmm. and something new coming about it. But here, it still stands. So I feel like it's more of a commentary that is happening here rather than being anti-media on itself. It's just like an eye opener. So the thing is, a lot of people feel uh, Jay Jonah Jameson is a bad hmm. Uh, hmm. journalist. But to be honest, he isn't a bad journalist. If you like look into his work, I mean, like the thing is, is just that, again, uh, coming back, He you must look into his point of view. He's a person seeing something amazing or fantastical happening and he's seeing it with a uh, hmm. pessimistic <laughs> uh, lens. I mean, he's, he's trying to figure out what's the angle because this is just something too yeah. good to be true. And that's what his angle was. That's what the whole Daily Bugle's editorial team, I mean, and the thing is, he never, I mean like if you read the comics and everything, his opinions of Spider-Man mm. always came in the editorials. Never as yeah. the media yeah. in itself. Like the articles in yeah. itself. So that was his editorial stance on, like the delivery editorial stance on the Spider-Man. I agree, but I also feel that uh, you know, that theme is missing
0: from other movies. So I want to deviate from the movies so for just a second and I will come back. Uh, in the comic books, J. Jonah Jameson is a respected uh journalist. And even in the even in the video game 2018 Marvel Spider-Man, well, he is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And I think that is a big deal. But in the movies, uh, I feel like J. Jonah Jameson, except for in the amazing Spider-Man movies, and I think we've not talked about them much because they don't really have anything to say other than tell a very substandard story. I'm sorry, I really hate them. And uh, uh he uh, in the in the first three movies, he's running basically what looks like a tabloid, and in the new movies, uh, the way he's introduced in Far From Home, he looks like he runs one of those uh, you know dirty uh, far right podcasts. I, I don't remember Alex Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones or uh, Alex Jones esque show. Which I so I feel like the movies to a certain extent have always portrayed him as a bad guy. But I do agree with you. If I look at it from the comic book's perspective, I do feel that J. Jonah Jameson is unfairly portrayed in the movies.
1: Yeah, it's like even, even if you look into the last part of the Far From Home, what he does is basically say that, hey, I got news that who Spider-Man is and he killed Mysterio, who's a hero. How it was What was his source? Basically, Mysterio sending him a piece of information, the recording, that was spliced and, like, you know, like, it was, like, doctored and sent to him on his death to put Spider-Man, to disperse Spider-Man's name. He has no way to verify his source also right now. So what's he doing again? I mean, to, as far as his journalism, like, to establish credibility, he could do only so much. Like, the source is dead. He can't, I mean, like, I don't know how much technology he has to, like, find out if it's doctored or not. But, and that recording is very convincing. I just feel it's a commentary on what it is what it is and people should just reflect on that yeah and just like you know like like touch base on that point and be like rather than laughing him off as a comic figure yeah yeah it is something to take note on what it what media plays a role around us because eventually it is considered the fourth pillar at the end of uh fourth pillar of democracy if you have information you must always make
0: sure that you have your bullshit detectors on And that you're doing your due diligence before sharing it because, God forbid, you're caught on the wrong foot, your entire credibility goes away. Um, And, yeah, I think... uh, Is there anything else that you would want to discuss about the movies? Any themes that you see that I might have missed out on? As we sit in India, I think that we can feel the brunt of it more than almost anybody else. Mm,
1: No, nothing else. I mean, I didn't really, like, uh, engage with the... Far, I mean, like the whole Spider-Verse thing because I feel that, for me personally, I feel that's another whole, I see that movie beyond the real-life action movies right now. It's, <laughs> another, it's another class part. apart.
0: I, I'm this so excited it. for that movie. Honestly, I cannot wait for 2022. Um, so, okay, before we end our episode, uh, what has been the highlight for you for all the Spider-Man movies? The one highlight that has been there for you from the Spider-Man movies in the last 18 years?
1: The Spider-Man movies. Highlight. Um You know what? This is going to be like a very controversial thing. But I think this is very apt. Um, Spider-Man 3. Evil Spider-Man with his uh, slick hair combed, doing the dance on the streets. Oh
0: that, my that god Assam, why would you say that? You have literally lost us so many listeners just now. Like even with my capitalism rap... <laughs> Even no, with my capitalism out. rant, we did not lose that many listeners. You know, I would have gained some at least. This, you have just
1: lost say Oh my god! Anyway, uh, okay. But yeah. hear, me oh my... hear me out. Hear me out. I'll tell you why. This is this is my reasoning why. Okay. Um. Remember, you you start the show saying how relatable Spiderman could be, or how you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how uh like how acceptable now he he goes through a lot of difficult times and all. This is something. I feel like as humans, we also have, this is that pride before the fall. I mean, like, this is that moment where I think everyone goes through that certain, that certain cocky phase in their life where they feel like I am invincible. I am untouchable. I am, you know, I'm just too cool. But in reality, it's like, at that point, you should really check yourselves And like, you know, early, I mean, like, that's when you see Spider-Man, become extremely rude extremely the conference came in but he was extremely rude harsh mean uh self-serving and those things really were uncharacteristic yeah. of him and, and i felt i mean yeah, i watched yeah. in theater and there was a collective <laughs> cringe to that to that scene where everyone felt it you know and uh even before cringe was a thing and i think that's what resonates with a lot of people also like when you see someone Right now, we have a lot of public figures who do that, you know, who think they're cool and they go out and say or spew things, and you're just like, What are you (laughs) saying? Can you just stop? Just like, shut your your Twitter down. Just like, No, get off the air. Don't. This is a
0: reference to Trump.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people, yeah, I mean, it could be, but it could be a lot of other people also. Like, we have, yeah, out there, we got so many people who say things. Right now, I mean, like I can't really watch Queen at the moment right now because Kanna or not just (sighs) Just stop. (laughs) I think there's so many people out there, and there's just not a Jake Paul, Logan Paul. I mean, like, dude, your guys are great and everything. You do good stuff. Maybe your content, like you have followed, but stop saying dumb things, stop doing dumb things. And that's like a collective thing. So I think that's one iconic I mean, that's a highlight. I mean, like to your 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 eye when your idol does that and you catch him, you like you cringe. You know that, okay, you, you're, still in a, you're still in a good place. You can catch your own idols doing shit. But the moment you're like, hey, that's pretty cool. I accept it. It's a red flag. I mean, that's a, I think that's a good red yeah, flag. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. Genuinely, genuinely like that scene. But my highlight would be
0: uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And yes, I'm a fan. Uh, Where Miles jumps off the building. And he's rising and it's full. And I love everything about that movie. Um, And yeah, that's my highlight. So thank you for joining me today, Assam.
1: I mean, it's our first time. So obviously, we are like working out the kinks and everything from qualities to content. Um, if you liked it, do share it with your friends. If you didn't like it, please share it with your friends so they can all shit on it. But at least get out there so people can talk about it. <laughs> uh, yes. So thank you so much to everyone who tuned
0: in. You can follow us on social media for updates and some other fun things that we get up to. On Twitter, we are at kulkarni underscore malhar and at zameen 39 and on instagram you can follow us at underscore malhar kulkarni underscore and at the picture book enthusiast underscore between each word you can find the links in the show notes bye and we hope to see you again soon